With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the telecast. Brought to you by... The Geekcast Radio Network. said i'm your host optimus solo and i'd like to say hello and welcome to the 29th episode of the telecast brought to you by the geek cast radio network um today i am joined once again long time no see but joined once again by jt from saskatoon hello good day to you sir i think it's been um almost six months since we spoke last at least um, so it's good to have you back on the telecast. Six months? Oh, I, I, I'd argue it's been a while, though. But, yeah. <laughs> it's no, been it's, at least, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, and it's good to have you back on. And, well, thank and you. today, JT and I will be talking about... <laughs> you okay, Barn? Hey, Barn, today's your lucky day. We knew you wouldn't want to oversleep, Barn. We only do it once a week, Barn. Me and all the other guys, Barn. We even brought the boys, Barn. Yes, you're in a speed war with a story and a moral and a big chunk of hip trip, double hip, free show. You know what I mean? Hey, Vern, we moved your furniture, and now we're going to fire up the barbecue, Vern. We owe it all to you, Vern. But now you got to move, Vern. Hey, Vern, hey, Vern, hey, Vern, it's me. I'm on TV. That's right, folks, we're talking about Hey, Vern, it's Ernest. And before we get too far into our discussion, a little background information on the show. Hey, Vern, it's Ernest debuted in 1988 on CBS. It's a half-hour show. Lasted all of one year, one season, so it was from 1988 to 1988. And there was a total of 13 episodes that aired um, during this television series. For those of you that don't know, Hey, Vern, it's Ernest was... Basically, like you probably just got from that description, a short-lived Saturday morning CBS show. Each episode involved short sketches that were based around a certain theme or scenario, kind of like uh, what we had with You Can't Do That on Television, like one uh, episode, the clothing would be the theme, or space would be the theme, or movies would be the theme, and then all the sketches would kind of revolve around that. And it featured the popular fictional character Ernest P. Worrell, and his unseen friend, Vern, and a various host of other friends. So what are your memories about Hey Vern, It's Ernest, JT? Um, my, my memories are uh, hazy at best, because, <laughs> you know, it's been so long since I've seen this show. But, I mean, you know, if, 
most kids growing up in the 80s, I think, would have to agree that they knew who Ernest was, you know, mostly from the movies. Right. And, you know, like I mentioned in, I think, one of the earlier episodes of the telecast, is like, I could sometimes watch CBS on my TV because you used to have the old, you know, TV antenna that you'd have to dial it in mm-hmm. on a specific frequency, more or less. And, and there were a few times where I was able to tune into the CBS station in Minot, North Dakota, and I got to watch, I was like, Vern, what? And I was like, <laughs> Ernest has a TV show? Awesome! <laughs> And I, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, my memories are hazy, but I mean, I've always been a big Ernest fan. I mean, how could you not love Ernest? So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, he started off doing commercials in his career, and then obviously, eventually, did the movies, and then kind of did the TV show amongst while well, he was still doing the uh, the movies. Um, but pretty, you know, popular character amongst kids, and there is a little bit. Um, Disney, I think, is the company that was in charge of the movies, mm-hmm. and uh, so they they had some limitations they put on the show. Like, it couldn't do certain things, basically because of Disney's limitations is why they had to go with the um, just one topic per show and do, like, the short sketches. They couldn't have any kind of, like, story-based episodes or, like, a... You know, like continuity type episodes, they had to do you know just a certain little topics and do sketches around them based on on what Disney mandated. But I think it worked, and you know, I liked it with you can't do that on television. I kind of liked it with this, uh, kind of a kids version of you know like a Saturday Night Live or Mad TV. You know, yeah, because you had the, the multiple scenarios and all that. Right, and and the cool part of this one, and we'll get into that in a little bit. For me, was the amount of characters that that Jim Varney played. Yeah, um, you know, seeing him as all different kinds of stuff, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But but that was the cool part because he's what sold the show for me. Um, I, I do remember always wanting, to, you know, as a kid, always wanting to see Vern. <laughs> And, and and figure out what he looked like. It's kind of like the nanny on Muppet Babies or, uh, well, let's see, the, the teacher on Charlie Brown or, you know, certain things where you always kind of want to see, you know, what does this person that they're always referencing t- look like? Yeah. Um, did, you have a, did you have a vision in your head as to what Vern looked like? Not so much physically, but I knew whatever Vern looked like, he would have this exasperated look on his face. It's like, <laughs> why am I putting up with this douche? I always pictured him like the uh, like uh, Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace. Yeah, <laughs> like one of those guys is just like ah, this guy is always bugging me. Um, and that's kind of getting us right into the the who's who or whatever. Obviously, you have Jim Varney as the main person, and the main character that he plays is Ernest P. Worrell. Um, some of the other characters you saw him play: uh, Doctor Otto, Aunt, Auntie Nelda, uh, Sergeant Glory. Baby Ernest, uh, Aster Clement, and a myriad of others. Um, out of those characters, do you remember any of them, or was there a favorite that, out of the things that Jim Varney played? Uh, well, I mean, there's Ernest, first and foremost. Uh, the baby Ernest creeped the hell out of me. Because <laughs> it, it's not that I don't like Jim, Jim Varney, it's just... It's, Whenever you do that baby's body with adult's face, it, it's you got to have the right person there. And I'm sorry, he did not have a face for that role. And, and basically, what it was is you know you had a crib and you had a, a baby's body with arms and legs that would move, and then you had Ernest's face. Yeah, doing doing that baby voice, I was just like, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, aside from the baby creeping me out, uh, I, I've always liked the Aunt Nelda because she is in one of my that character appears in one of my favorite scenes and Ernest goes to jail. Yeah. And Dr. Otto, I barely remember him from, you know, Dr. Otto and the gloom beam. Hmm. Cause I, I think I saw that movie all of once. My, I think besides Ernest and Aunt Nilda, Sergeant Glory was my favorite. Cause I just love the way Jim Varney plays like this, you know, ramrod straight military type. Right. And, and just, how he's like it what was how did it go is uh oh yeah they obey all the rules right it's basically fight club for kids yeah it was always like the first rule is this and the second rule is obey all the rules (laughs) but uh i really for some reason like uh aunt nelda i don't know what it was about her uh 
you know, obviously it was, you could tell as a kid, the thing is, the show did not try to hide who was playing who. I mean, it's not like they were trying to hide the fact that Jim Varney was, was playing these characters. But yeah. that was kind of somewhat of the beauty for it, for me when I was a kid, is I knew it was, but it, he made it look so good. Um, in the ant role especially, like, he just looked like he could be an ant, you know, one of those obnoxious ants that someone has. Well, it's, I saw a lot of B-Earther in that. I yeah. Think he, was, he was channeling the B on that, but no, it's, uh, that, like I said, I know this is my favorite. I mean, and two of the recurring characters from his films were in the show, which I kind of forgot about, was Chuck and Bobby. Mm-hmm. You know, and those were, especially in Ernest Goes to Jail, again, one of my favorite films. They, they, I love the fact that they show up in all his films and the fact they showed up here, because they're always doing... They're, they'll have, like, again, like the You Can't Do This on Television-style sketches where they're in a couple of spots in the show. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a Gaylord Sartain, the guy who played Chuck, actually did a couple characters in the show. He did Lonnie Don's School for Hollywood Sound Effects. That was funny. Yeah. And it's basically the same gag over and over. He blows a raspberry. Yeah. He's the only uh, one in the cast, basically, as far as live acting goes. He's the only one that really did much after this. Uh, most of the other ones only did Hey Vern, It's Ernest with... Or, uh, you know, all the Ernest projects. And there isn't the one exception, Debbie Derryberry, who played Skeeter. She is a huge voice actor. She's the voice of Jimmy Neutron. Um, but all of the rest of them basically just do the Ernest projects, with the exception of Sartain, who played Chuck. Um, and he has been in quite a few things. He's been in a lot of TV shows. He's been in um, some movies and, and whatnot. He was in Elizabethtown back in 2005. Um so, so he's one of the only ones that actually kind of went on to do more stuff. Um, but yeah, Chuck and Bobby, those characters were, were pretty cool. I kind of liked the Bobby character when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, because it, it, it was funnier when he didn't say anything. Yeah. I mean, he said, uh, basically had like the one line in Ernest Goes to Jail, but other than that, he never said, just always, never said a word, and he's always standing there with that buzzard look about him. Yeah. Um, I also liked uh, Earl the Barber. As a kid, yeah, um, who would always kind of fit Ernest with a ridiculous headpiece um, because he misunderstood what he wanted to look like. And even though you said you were creeped out, and even though he was creepy, the baby Ernest, for some reason, I liked that as a kid. Um, like the the two that I remembered most when I was rewatching stuff, the the two that was like boom, um, were Aunt, Aunt Nelda and Baby Ernest. Like I immediately recognized them and were like, oh my god, you know, I remember those. And then as I watched it, I would start to figure out, you know, oh Chuck and Bobby, I kind of remember them. Sergeant Gloria, I kind of remember him. Um, but the baby and, and the aunt really must have stuck with me or made an impact when I was a kid because those two just immediately came to like the front of my my head again like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, any other people or characters on the list that you remember? Uh, no, aside from Sergeant Gloria, I think the only one that I really stuck in my mind, just because it's like, it's kind of a pure gag, in my opinion, was the haircut sketch, like yeah. uh, the barber, because it's just something that worked for me. So Yeah. Uh, the other one I remember, too, is uh, Mrs. Simon, Simon Simmons, who I believe was a character that would always be giving the etiquette. Um, or telling, you know, this is how you do this, or this is how you should act in this situation. She was always kind of annoying, but I just barely remember her. Um, yeah, and and like I said, there's there's a, a variety of people. Most of these people showed up in the movies at some point, or in, you know, multiple movies with Jim Varney. So it's kind of like a cast that traveled together. Um, but the, the who's who of this list is Jim Varney. Yeah. Like it's just, he, we're, we're all here for one guy. Yeah, without, without him, the magic is gone. Yeah. Um, so I think that does it for the actual who's who, and that means it's time for... The good. The bad. The ugly. That's right, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly, starting with the introduction, or the theme song and the intro graphics. Uh, what's your opinion of how the show begins? Well, I should I... say that before before it gets to the intro or the theme song, they do have a like a clip that introduces the topic. 
Yeah. No, they they usually have that, you know, it's like any other TV show, they have that, you know, minute or so clip before the theme goes, it sets up the episode, and those are usually, in my opinion, done very well. Mm-hmm. It's The theme song is, it's the only thing I don't like from this show. Right. You know, it's just... It's that, odd, it's weird, it's... it's it's South Park before South Park because it's got that whole cut and paste thing to it. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't like it. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. There's something about an Ernest project that I didn't like. Yeah, and the, and the graphics are just kind of weird. You're like, this is going to be a weird show. I don't quite understand it. Like, you know, for a kid, you're seeing lots of the old fashioned pictures and and what looks like cut out pieces of paper and, and, and just weird mix mash of stuff. And, yeah. you know, as a kid of the eighties, you're not used to that. Uh, cause there's not a lot of other shows that had that type of intro. So it's, it's something you're like, what is going on here? Yeah, and the theme, theme song wasn't really a song, so to speak. Yeah. It's just, I mean, by this point we're, we're so inundated with color and flash and killer guitar riffs in our intros. That yeah. Synthesizer. Kind of, and <laughs> Yeah. We're just kind of like lame. <laughs> um, so the theme song kind of gets a thumbs down. It's it's the bad part of the show. And the introduction is the bad part of the show. Um, getting into some of the sketches now, we've already talked about a few of them, but you know we can hit on some of them again. We don't have to necessarily talk about all the ones that I have listed here, but uh, some of the the ones that were most seen or the ones that I most remember, like you said, Lonnie Don's School of Hollywood Sound Effects, which you know this guy was basically portraying a sound effects wizard um, and was demonstrating how to make a sound from one of his movies. And, you know, like you said, it always ended up with him making farting noises with his hand. Which made me laugh, because <laughs> I, I won't deny it. I Farts are funny. Yeah, especially to kids. Yes, well, kids, right. And adult kids. Yes. <laughs> so that was one of the things. And I did think it was cool. I liked the introduction to Lonnie Don's School of Hollywood Sound Effects, where he would do the sound effects that were absolutely not coming from what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah, I mean, for the horn or whatever. It's audio. We're yeah. We're kids. Um, and then you had the haircut. Like we said, Ernest will walk into Earl the Barber Shop and ask him to make him look like a Wall Street tycoon. And sometimes he uh, even starts with other stuff. Like I remember the there was a costume party type one. Um, it might have been the Halloween or whatever episode. And he wants to look like, and he goes through about four or five things and still ends up with Wall Street tycoon. Um, the barber always misunderstands him. And you get stuff like a baby baboon, a clock set at noon, uh, a deadbeat raccoon put on his head. Um, and Ernest eventually stares at the mirror and says, it could work. Um, you see that sly look and he's like, yeah, I could do work with this. No, see that, and that was the whole thing is just how they strap like these bizarre craft work wigs on Jim Varney's head. Like there's one where he got his hair cut into like, a, you know, it looked like Mac the Knight. Knack the knife from like the old McDonald's commercials, like the smiling moon with glasses or something like that. It was just nuts. And it was cool I mean, because each time you were wondering what kind of new rhyming word they were going to come up with. Yeah. Like, what are they going to make look make them look like this time? Yeah. No, I think my besides the haircut and Lonnie Don and Sergeant Glory, my favorite sketch out of this would have to be Dust Bunny. <laughs> Dust Bunny was funny. Yeah, it's just like. Because almost every time, like, I, I don't remember it so much as a kid. Like, I watch a whole bunch of these episodes on YouTube, and every time Dust Bunny would pop up from behind the couch, I'd, I'd jump in my chair because you don't see it coming. Yeah. It was a cool voice, and it was he was always sneezing, you know, because he's Dust Bunny and, and stuff like that. But it was just yeah. a cool little addition because it broke up the, the regular formula of all, you know, live-acting humans being involved. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool to have this other aspect of it. You know, it's not animated, it's not like that, but it's almost like its own little puppet that gets to be added in. Yeah. No, it's, who doesn't love puppets? I mean, they had other, like, weird sketches. Like you know, like I said, they had the Chuck and Bobby sketches in there. Chuck and yeah. Bobby was, was were excellent, yeah. Yeah. And they had the most interaction, I want to say, with, with besides Ernest, with Vern. Yeah. Like, there would be times where they would come to try to get Vern to do this or do that. So they, they had a little bit more interaction, like it was the regular family of, of neighbors here, Chuck and Bobby, Vern, and Ernest. Whereas the rest of the people, it's like they exist in other areas of the world. Yeah, like they're just completely... <laughs> I mean, the certain ones that... like the 
I guess the one sketch that I didn't like was uh, Mac and George is like this dude who is way yeah. he treats his pet iguana way too much like a person. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. George the iguana. Um, I didn't really care too much for that. We talked about Doctor Otto. I thought he was cool. I thought there was a especially cool one where, you know, he's always in like his lab creating new things. He's always kind of like this Halloween type, you know, dressed up crazy guy. And uh, I liked the one in the, the where he's got like the, a hand on his head. Oh yeah, that's like the signature thing where you got somebody walking behind Jim Barney, just like petting him on his head the whole yeah, time. That always got me because I'm like, how are they? When I was a kid, I was like, how are they doing that? Yeah. Um, although, talk- go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying. Although I think my favorite example of Doctor Otto in the show was in the Haven. It's outer space, which is like the first episode where he. The whole episode is Ernest thinks he's got like an alien death ray machine or something from like some sci-fi movie that he was watching and it turns out just to be a giant toaster it makes perfectly prepared toast it's burnt yes perfectly burnt toast yeah <laughs> and it's just only a mad scientist could appreciate something like that right um and the i do have to mention the um one other one that i remember which is Ernest's tongue they would do sketches where it was Ernest's tongue inside his mouth and, and they would have different foods that they would feature and, and this or that but I, that one creeped me out it was almost like the baby one but worse I don't know if you ever saw any of the ones with Ernest Tongue in, no I, I've seen a couple of those and that, that one's yeah it's it's up there in the creep factor it's like <laughs> It's just funny because, you know, you can just almost tell that they're just throwing everything they can out there and seeing what sticks and what doesn't. And if it doesn't, you know, you only see it in one or two episodes. And if it works, it shows up in every episode. Yeah. Um, But they were willing to try just about anything. We, You know, we already mentioned Mrs. Simon Simmons, Mind Your Manners, and and Sergeant Glory as a couple other ones. Uh, There was a a ventriloquist, wood ventriloquist dummy. There was my father, the clown, uh, Existo the magician. So some people out there might like some of those other ones. Um, and Matt finish. Yeah, Um, that I seen a couple of those. I was like, (laughs) obsessed much. Cause the guy's just taking pictures of everything. It's that, I think that's the one gag that I just never really appreciated. Like, I never got, like, why is this supposed to be funny? Yeah. But I do think that there was enough of, you know, there was some sketches that I didn't care for, um, like you said, the Mac and and uh, George, and, and a few that I didn't care for. But I think what worked for this show is that it had enough good segments that you could you could sit through the bad segments, plus they were only minutes at a time. Yeah. Like, very rarely did you have a segment that lasted, like, five minutes. Yeah, and most of the stuff that lasted long, it was, like, the... Because, like, you can't do this on television. There's, like, this... What strings everything together mm-hmm. is the Ernest and Vern scenes, where right. it's just Jim Varney playing to the camera, so... Yeah, and like I said, there's just enough of the good segments that the bad segments didn't really seem that bad, and you didn't like have to change the channel because you knew it was only going to be there for a little bit, and then you were looking forward to seeing one of the good segments. And you know, for only being on 13 episodes and having these type of segments that we could remember this easily, uh, yeah. speaks to how well some of these segments were done. Yeah, because like I said, there's like you know, Sergeant Glory and. Dust Bunny are the ones that stuck with me the most since I was a kid, and it's kind of fun to go back and take a look at those again. And, but it's just amazing that, you know, it was only on the air for 13 episodes, and yet, you, you know, you remember those. Yeah, I know this. It's, well, it could be argued it's sad, but yeah, there's. It's I mean, at least the cartoons them. usually were on, like, you know, even if they were only on for one season, we usually got, I mean, sometimes we only got 13 episodes, but usually you get 26 or, you know, you get your first season of 65 episodes. And that's a lot to remember. You know, you get a lot of exposure that way to remember. But to only be on for 13 episodes and have stuff that you remember, it's like, man, how did that? How does that work? Like, yeah. I can't remember what I did three days ago. <laughs> Especially <laughs> now. But no, I think it just kind of speaks to the... Uh kind of, you know, dare I say innocence, like the purity of some of these things, it's just, it's so pure that it just sticks with you like that, because, you know, if you like it, you like it, and you're just going to absorb it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, the same could be said about Ernest, because, I mean, 
how could you not love Ernest? You yeah. Know, it's almost unheard of. <laughs> and um, I had one other thing I wanted to talk about in this part. So we had the theme song, which was the the bad part, and then the uh, the recurring sketches and characters, which I think is the you know obviously the good thing about this show. There's also this. I always kind of wondered why, especially when I started doing the research for this. You know, why did this show? Because I didn't realize the show was only on 13 episodes. I figured this show was on for a couple seasons and stuff like that, just based on my memories as a kid. Because it seemed like you know it was on for a while back then. Yeah, and then I'm looking at it and it's like 13 episodes. I'm like, what? What happened? And I found an interview done by one of the guys that was kind of one of the creative controllers in the in the show called uh, Coke Sam's. And uh, in the interview, the the guy asked him because he says, you know, the TV series and the films are kind of have an odd relationship because the film, all the films received mixed reviews, but were like super popular and did great as far as money goes and, you know, became these cult classics, but they got mixed reviews. The TV series, it got great reviews. It won awards. It got great reviews, but wasn't as popular. It didn't get the following or the ratings that the film series did. So it seems like kind of a weird scenario where one of them, you know, the powers that be raved about and the other they didn't, but vice versa for the, the crowds and the people that watched them. And it, uh, he asked him what, you know, what happened and why did the show come to an end? And, uh, he, the guy that was in charge said that the CBS people even told him, you know, that they understood that it's going to take a while to change children's viewer and habits, but they're going to stick with, uh, Hey Vern, it's Ernest. But then they proceeded to bounce them all over the schedule, um, based on programming decisions, you know, trying. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm on this day, try them on that day, or try them on this time or that time. Usually on Saturday morning sometime. Um, and then they eventually canceled because they weren't weren't basically getting the ratings that they hoped that they would. Um, so that's kind of why the show came to an end. It's because they didn't quite get the numbers that they were looking for. Um, but it was kind of too bad because, like the guy said, he was they were just kind of getting used to everything and they were kind of getting, you know, they'd gotten their feet wet and if they had had another season, they could have done all kinds of new stuff and, and, and expanded on it. And it was kind of unexpected, I think, to most of the Ernest crew that it only did get one season. Yeah, because I, I always find it, you know, somewhat amusing when the higher-ups at a network was like, well, you're just not pulling the numbers, man. <laughs> and it's like, I can almost see Jim Varney looking, it's like, that's because you're treating this like a piece of crap, man. Because <laughs> I always find it funny when the bigwigs at a network will move a TV show, you know, whether it's an hour-long action drama or a half-hour kids show like this, where they move it all over the schedule, and then they're like, wow, it's not making the ratings we expected. Why is that? <laughs> Well, you know. TV is like the probably the most impatient thing in the world. Well, yeah, it's well, I, I kind of use this example when I speak. There's like an animated series that was on MTV years ago called Undergrads, which was a great show. You know, good animation, great story, all that. But it wasn't pulling numbers like Britney Spears taking her top off on Total Request Live, and yeah. so it got canceled. And I. The same thing could be said about a kid's show on Saturday morning. You know, if they're not selling the advertising, if they're not pulling in Boku numbers in terms of uh, viewership, well, then they're going to, of course, well, well, let's move it over here. Let's put it, you know, right. up ahead of this dinosaur cartoon. and Maybe it'll be a good follow-up. It's just... I, well, I, and I the, the other thing... is what it is. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, even just looking at primetime shows, like, every season, like, there are shows every year that get canceled after, like, one or two episodes. Like, yeah. some shows cannot... Some shows would be great if they were given a chance, but if you do not get something immediately, you are done. 
Yeah. Like, there's absolutely no patience for this could be the greatest show ever, and if we let it go, you know, into a second season, we could have 15 seasons of this. Because if you don't get past those first two episodes, <laughs> you're, you're Well, not- yeah. I mean, you look at this season alone, I mean, the Playboy Club, right? It yeah. did, like, two episodes, and then they pulled it, and I was like... Hey, but it's like, it? how much money do they waste on, on, you know, getting the show going, and all the promotions, and this and that, and it's like one episode, and cut. It's like, man. But- yeah, and you got to wonder how many of those actors have pay-or-play contracts, so... Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, to get back to Ernest, it's just, it was kind of negligent. It's like, yeah, we're going to move you all over the schedule, and then we're going to cancel you, because you're just not making us enough money. In 13 episodes. Yeah. So, I guess at least it got more than one. Yeah, but at least it won an Emmy. Yeah. So, I think that's going to lead us into our next segment, which is... Things that make you go, hmm. That's right. It's time to talk about some of the lesser-known facts about Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Like we've mentioned a couple of times, there was some awards. So the first thing you might not know about the show is that it won a Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Performer in a Children's Series, which was Jim Varney. It also got Outstanding Achievement in Graphics and Title Design, even though we said we didn't necessarily like the, the intro pictures, graphics, and song. It did get a... Uh, Emmy for that. So, but Jim Varney definitely deserved one. He was working his tail off on this show. He was the man. Yeah. And the second thing that you might not know is that uh, Jim Varney, his character Sergeant Glory was actually an advertising character which came way before Ernest. Uh, Sergeant Glory promoted Purity Dairy products in back in 1972 when Jim Varney was basically just doing commercials. So he he brought over a character from his commercial days and, and, and inserted it into the Ernest uh, series. So that was kind of interesting. Um, so those are the only two things. I, I tried to look for other trivia and other little-known facts about Ernest without much luck. So I guess we can get into the where are they now. And really, I already mentioned, you know, uh, Debbie Derryberry is the voice of Jimmy Neutron and has done buku voiceover roles, and that uh, Sartain has done some TV shows and some movies. The rest of them, they're they were earnest. They were in that group. They followed you know the movies and the TV shows, but that was it. Yeah. Um, most of the other ones very rarely came up again as far as like Hollywood goes, movies, TVs. So basically, just want to talk about Jim Varney a little bit. Um, I, I forgot about this, but he was the voice of Slinky in Toy Story 1 and 2. Yeah. I, I just completely did not n- realize that. Um, I heard, it's the first time I heard Slinky, I was like, I think I literally said, hey, Vern, it's Ernest. Because you know? <laughs> it's like, it, he has that, you know, unmistakable southern drawl to him, but you just know as soon as you hear it yeah. who it is. And then he was also, you know, the the movie version of Jed Clampett. Right, in Beverly Hillbillies in the 90s. Um, But unfortunately, Jim uh, died of lung cancer in February of 2000, so just 12 years ago. He was only 50, um, and this came in the middle of them still doing movies. Yeah. Like, they had a movie that they were were going with, um, and he got sick and kind of took a downhill turn very fast and they actually canceled uh, some of the projects that were being worked on, including at least one of the movies. Um, so that was really unfortunate. I did not realize he was no longer living. Yeah, no, it's kind of, you just don't, like, you, you just kind of assume, like, these guys from your youth, like like Jim Varney, you just assume they're going to be there forever. Yeah. Because they almost become like family, and you know, when you lose family, you're shocked and everything. Right, it's like Mr. Rogers or someone like that. It's like, yeah, they're just there. They're... I know it's and Jim Verney is like he just had like that, you know, that personality. Like you just you, the whole reason Ernest was so popular wasn't because he was like a goof. It's like there was that honesty about the character, and that wasn't just the character that comes from Jim Verney, and that's why I was such a huge fan of his as a kid's. You could relate to him pretty easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was a man-child, but he was a man-child. Your mom was like, yeah, go hang out with Ernest. Right. You He's know. like the somebody, the, the adult that you wouldn't mind hanging out with. Yeah. I mean, 
and just the inspector to Sartine, I was like looking over his uh, Wikipedia page and his IMDb. He was actually the original CD Parker in Walker Texas, Walker Texas Ranger in the first season. Nice. Which I completely forgot about that because I love that series. <laughs> but you know, not to take away from Vernie because he's all. Oh, He's here. I mean, that's why we were here in the first place. Yeah, and, you know, without him, there was no more Ernest going to be happening. I mean, you couldn't do another TV show or another movie without Jim Farney. Yeah. I mean, whoever was cashing the checks for the direct-to-video movies, well, I assume they they had a lump in their throat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, this this is why this franchise only was around for a limited amount of time, you know, he... He could only do. I mean, I know he he lived until the year two thousand, but you know he did the Ernest stuff. He did the TV show. He's doing the movies, but you know without him, that that's where Ernest franchise comes to an end, yeah. um, unfortunately. So it's something that you know we never kind of had anything like it before. Besides maybe a little bit of comparisons, you could say that you can't do that on television, but it's really a different show and a unique show in and of its own. And I I can't expect us to have anything ever again like it. Yeah, he's like one of those guys, you know, it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime sort of... Yeah, it worked when it worked, and, and, it, and it had its time, and, and it probably wouldn't have been able to do it in any other time. Yeah. Well, it's just... It, and anybody that tries anything like Ernest now, is or, or any sort of kid kid's character like that, it, it's just automatically someone's going to be bringing, you know, throwing it up against Ernest. Yeah. The only other ones I can think of, even at the time, that even had a similar approach would have been, like, Beekman's World, or some of those, as far as the camera, kind of following them around and, and, you know, doing the different things, but it's still, to me, it's still a unique show. I've never seen, you know, I think Hey Vern, It's Ernest is, is a genre of its own, almost. It's a class of its own, where there's just not a lot of stuff that did it quite like that. Yeah. Had its own unique feel, and it's almost like something. Even the movies where you're like, "This shouldn't be working. People shouldn't like this, and this shouldn't be popular." But I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know why. I can't explain it, but I want to watch it. Just, just don't question, Kevin. Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> right. All right. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. You're gonna hear some. Hey Vern, it's Ernest, sound bites and retro goodness and um, some GeekCast Radio commercials. So stick with us and we'll be back after the break. I'll be back in a minute, Vern. No. We'll be right back, even though some of us are very tired. Hi, this is John Delancey and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. You can now hear our show on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Blackberry, or Palm phones. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smart way to listen to radio. He's the not-so-normal, nosy neighbor. Now he's coming to your house for two solid hours. Know what I mean? So watch out for Hey Vern, It's Ernest, Friday at 8, 7 central on the Long John Silver Showcase. Hi, this is Lauren Lester, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo from GeekCast Radio Network's The Telecast, coming to you with an important message about our Listener's Choice episode. That's right, for the first time in GeekCast Radio Network history, we are giving you, the listener, a chance to choose the topic in one of our shows. This is how you can cast your vote for what the topic should be. Head on over to GeekCastRadio.com and click on the Telecast tab at the top of the page. Once there, you can find our complete Season 1 schedule with all 35 episodes. Please look this over, because we would hate for you to cast your vote for a show that is already on our schedule. Once you've done this, just scroll to the section titled Listener's Choice and click on the Comments button. All that's left for you to do now is to cast your vote through a comment. For example, you might say, Hey, I see that Nick Arcade is not in your Season 1 lineup, so I'd like to cast a vote for Nick Arcade to be the Listener's Choice episode. It's that simple. So please go cast your vote for your favorite show, and stay tuned for Episode 34 to see which show becomes our very first Listener's Choice. That does it for now. This has been Optimus Solo from The Telecast. Which one do I really want? Mellow Yellow or Mountain Dew? Hmm... 
Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Mm. Oh, one potato, two potato, three potato, four. Paper, rock, scissors. Why use all that mathematical, analytical analysis? I'll just pick the one I like the best. Make the mellow yellow move. Know what I mean? Hey, guys, this is Rob Paulson, and you're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Hey, everybody, it's Optimus Solo from GeekCast Radio Network's new show, The Telecast, with some important information on our theme song contest. The rules for this contest are pretty simple. In season one of The Telecast, we'll be covering 33 classic kids' shows from the 80s and 90s. Obviously, all of these shows had theme songs, which sometimes can be the most memorable part of a show. This contest is going to test your memory on those theme songs. How is that, you may ask? Well, because we have taken 32 of those classic theme songs and smashed them into one three-minute clip. Your job is to identify the order in which these 32 shows appear in that three-minute clip. Also, you must be able to identify which one of the 33 shows was left out of the clip. Some of the shows should be fairly easy for you to identify, while others may be a bit trickier. For a list of all the shows in Season 1 and more information on the contest, visit the Telecast page at geekcastradio.com. Also, remember to tune in to every episode of the Telecast, because each episode will contain that show's theme song in its entirety at the beginning of the show, as well as the three-minute contest song towards the end of the show. This has been Optimus Solo from the Telecast, saying good luck and happy listening. Hot, ain't it, Vern? Look what your old buddy Ernest has brought you, Vern. An icy cold Sprite instead of that 7-Up you used to drink. Because only Sprite's got the great taste of lemon. Sprite, Vern, just the thing when you're working up a sweat over one of these old off-brand air conditioners. Know what I mean? Well, there's your problem right there, Vern. You see that little wire right there? Looks like it's got a little... Lord, in it. My daddy used to work on them. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? All right, thanks for staying with us, everyone. And you may be wondering how you can watch some Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Well, you have a couple different options. Of Get rid of the one that's not an option. Netflix is not an option. Yeah. If you're an iTunes person, you can get the whole season on iTunes for $12.99. Or if you just want to check out individual episodes, they're available at $1.99 a piece. So it's a little cheaper to buy the whole season, but you can watch it on iTunes. Um, DVD-wise, Mill Creek Entertainment, the ones that are doing the new He-Man disc and whatever, released a two-disc DVD set containing the complete series on January 18th, 2011, so just a little bit over a year ago. It's two-disc, uh, all 13 episodes, and you can get it for you know around $10, $10 or so. So it's not very expensive. And if you are can't afford the $13 for iTunes or the $10 for the DVDs, you can go to YouTube because not 100% of the episodes, but I'd say 90 some 95% of the episodes are available on YouTube. Oh yeah, no, I found at least seven or eight of them. You know, yeah. In doing the course of my research, and and they're pretty good quality. Yeah, I mean it's that's. Uh, well, High quality VHS. Yeah, I mean it's not like the probably not like what you get on do the DVDs or the, the iTunes, but it's for YouTube. It's it's not bad. Yeah. Um, they're usually in two parts. Yeah, about a, you know eleven or twelve minutes, ten minutes uh, on each part, and you can definitely get you know if all you're looking for is a feel for what the show is like, or if you just want to look back and see some of the skits and, and see if you remember them from when you're a childhood, you know YouTube's definitely an option there. You can just go there and, and check out, and you can see you know all the different sketches that we were talking about as far as you know Otto or Sergeant Glory or you know baby Ernest or whatever yeah. um, you can see them on YouTube you can get a feel for the show if you're a completist or if you want something you know in your hands you do have the option of getting the DVD which is a good thing since a lot of things that we've been covering in the telecasts uh, we haven't been able to get the DVDs of so you do have a couple different options as far as how you can watch the show now so there's no excuses for everybody not going and watching some Ernest damn right <laughs> and as far as our ratings go, um, we have a one through four system here. JT, what would you give? Hey, Vern, it's Ernest. Because you know, I'm looking at the list. Like the, you know, number ones, I didn't appeal to me, and number fours, I want it on DVD. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. It's kind of my feelings. It's a two and a half. I love the show back in the day. 
Mm-hmm. And I still kind of love the show. But, and if it was on TV, I'd probably watch it, but not that much. Yeah. So it's kind of a two and a half. I kind of agree. I was leaning towards a strong two or a week three, so two and a half is kind of the same. You know, I did love the show back in the day. I remember my sister and I watched it a whole lot, and we cracked up and thought it was great. Um, if it was on TV, would I watch it? I would watch it occasionally. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be something I'm setting my DVR to record, um, so I can see every single time it's on. But I would, you know, if there was nothing else on TV, and I was flipping through, and I was like, oh, hey, Vernon's Ernest, I'll watch that. There's nothing else on. That's kind of yeah. where it would fall in for me. Yeah, no, it's definitely two and a half. Like I said, it's uh, if it was on TV now, I'd probably sit down and watch it. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts, last words, about the Ernest franchise as a whole, but specifically the TV show? Well, the TV show, like I said, I, I liked it as a kid for what little I saw, and I definitely enjoyed kind of going back and reminiscing, you know, in the course of research here, watching the few shows on YouTube. I think this overall, he, I don't think anyone could disagree. Jim Varney was taken way too soon. Right. And, you know, it's one of those things is like, you know, we'll miss you, man. You know, chest right. bump. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that he was unique. He was an individual one-man show. I mean, he was a talent. He could do different voices. He could do different characters. And, you know, in reading some of the interviews about him, they said, you know, basically he had, uh, number one, almost a photographic memory. So lines and stuff like that and stuff weren't a problem. But he's also had that improv aspect where they'd say that, you know, he literally had, like, uh, dozens of different people living inside him that he could conjure up at any time. Well, yeah, I mean, especially, like, Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, I mean, like... Anytime he could become somebody else, and it wasn't that he was playing a part. It was like he was these people almost. Well, yeah, no, he he's like had the, he's like one of those rare guys that he just kind of disappears inside right the character, which is what made him so great as Ernest. Because I don't think I've ever seen like an interview or anything with him just as Jim Varney. Yeah, I just know him as Ernest, so I I wouldn't even begin to know what Jim Varney was like. A man of many talents. Damn rights. All right, everyone. I'd like to thank JT for being with me today. And, of course, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for joining us here on the Telecast. If you want to leave us feedback on the show, you can go to geekcastradio.com, and you can find the Telecast tab, and you can comment on this show or any of the other Season 1 shows we've been doing. Um, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. And we actually just received a new... Um, iTunes review, which was very nice since we had been kind of in a little mini hiatus, so to speak. And I want to actually read the iTunes review that we got. The iTunes review was posted on January 19th of this year by The Dark Knight. Um, and the title of the iTunes review was absolutely fantastic. They gave us five stars, which, by the way, we've had 19 ratings on the American side of the iTunes, and we are still holding a five-star rating. Um, and it read, uh, by far the best show on GeekCast Radio. Optimus Solo does an amazing job, and I can't imagine a better host to bring back the childhood memories with all these classic TV shows. The guy is articulate, informative, and brings a great personality as well. I'm starting to blush. Um, A-plus work, bro. If I had any complaints, it would be some of the guest hosts. I won't name names, but it's obvious that some don't bring much to the table and seem awkward compared to Solo. But I think Tara and JT both compliment Optimus Solo the best and have a good radio chemistry with him. This bump. (laughs) So there you go. All in all, this show is great. Love the Save by the Bell and California Dreams episodes in particular and can't wait to one day see the Wonder Years covered. Keep up the good work. So... Thank you for that review, The Dark Knight, although I'm sure there's one person in particular that didn't like that review. Um, but anyways, so we, we do get iTunes reviews, so go make more iTunes reviews for us. We will read them on the show, and it helps us learn what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong, so please do that. Um, or you can call the voicemail line, and your comments could be played in the actual show. The voicemail line is 502 526 Um, And as always, keep up to date with everything by becoming a fan of us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekcastradio. 
Network. Um, also, don't forget about the theme song contest and our listeners' choice episode, which is rapidly approaching. It's episode 34, so in five episodes, you, as the viewers, get to choose what show we are going to be covering. So that does it for now. We hope we succeeded in entertaining you, informing you, and most importantly, unleashing the geek in you on this episode of the telecast and we hope that you will tune in for our next episode when we finish up our block of crazy shows with perhaps the craziest show of all peewee's playhouse for now i'm your host optimus solo with jt from saskatoon hoping that you'll tune in in 10 days or so for another episode of the telecast Marshall, Will, and Holly.